last week. Everybody remember that? Yes. And what's the first thing we talked about? We talked about suffering. Didn't we talk about suffering? Well, we're going to continue to talk about suffering today. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to have us pray, um, and then we're going to go right into the text. Um, Let's do that. Father, you are a good God, a glorious God, a wonderful God, a holy God. You're worthy of all of our praise. There is none like you, Lord, even in suffering. When our bodies fail, when our marriages go south, when our children disobey, when employment is not available, when the finances run out, when when the things don't go as we wish they would. During the suffering moments, the painful moments of our lives, oh God, help us to lean on you, seek your face, run to you, worship you, honor you, love you, obey you, pursue you, long for you, want you. With all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our souls, and with all of our strength. Father, you know the people who are in here who are just agitated. Agitated about the argument that they had with their wife or maybe the traffic that they came in here on. Agitated that things didn't go as well as they'd like at this week. You know the people here who are disappointed and hurt about the events that have recently happened. You know those that are distracted by things that, in the end, do not satisfy. And so, Father, I pray that you would just give us a holy focus, a holy attention, and that you would help us to see Jesus and him lifted up and famed and glorified, and that we would be moved by seeing him that way and transformed by it as well. For we do pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Uh, remember we started to talk about uh, the book of James last week, and we said a couple of things. Number one, James, the brother of Jesus, is the guy who wrote this thing. And um, James, the brother of Jesus, like, remember what we asked yes last week, right? What would it take for you to believe that your brother was God, right? That's a tough one, right? I don't know. I like my brother, and he was really good at football, but I don't know. I don't know if I could believe that he's God, right? Well, it took James a little while. James did not, was not on board early when it came to trusting Christ, believing Christ as God, Lord, and Savior. He wasn't, he wasn't in on it early. He, he came to faith after Jesus rose from the grave, which, which makes sense because that's about what it would take for me to believe that my brother was God, Right? You'd have to, like, my brother had to die and come back from the grave in, like, three days, right? And have to predict it, right? And, and, and he'd have to have, like, new clothes and glow in the dark. Like, there'd be a lot that'd have to happen for me to believe that my brother is God. But remember what we said last week in Corinthians? It talked about how Jesus had revealed himself, and he and revealed himself to James because he needed that one-on-one. And so this is the James, the James who didn't believe, who now believes. And I just want you to know that if you're here and you're like James and you didn't believe, now you can believe. There's a a risen Lord, a raised to life Savior from the dead who's very eager to enter into your circumstances, your life, your situations, your pain, your suffering. He wants to enter in. And he's for you. 
We introduced the book that way last week, and then we got right into verses 2 through 4. And, and what we talked about is how God asks us through James to consider it pure joy. And we go, wait, 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 wait. You mean in the sickness, consider it pure joy? No, no way. Remember what we said? We said that if we knew what God knew, we'd be able to rejoice like God wants us to rejoice. That just like, remember the illustration we used? We said, just like Daniel in, um, not the biblical Daniel, uh, but Daniel in um, uh, The Karate Kid, right? He was so upset that he was like waxing and sanding and doing all this stuff, and that when he found out that this was for his benefit, then he could rejoice over all that God was doing, all that, all that Mr. Miyagi, in that case, all that Mr. Miyagi was doing to train him. Uh, and in, in the same way, you and I can rejoice because God is up to something. He doesn't have us waxing and sanding and painting for nothing. I know it feels that way sometimes, doesn't it? Right? Doesn't it feel sometimes like you can just go to God and go, okay, God, what? I, I know you're sovereign. I know you're good. I know these things. But what? On earth are you thinking? And I, I get there too. This today's message is for you. If you're if you're at the point where you're just like, God, this I just can't take this anymore. This is more than I can handle. This is this is beyond my capability of standing. This message is for you. You've heard people say, God won't give you more than you can handle. Those people have not read their Bible thoroughly. I'm telling you, God will absolutely give you more than you can handle so you can run to him. God won't give you more than he can handle. And that's the trick. Because you and me, you can't handle much. And I don't know, you just got to be alive a little bit more than 15 years to figure all that out, right? And some of our marital problems are more than I can handle. I don't know about you, but I just feel that way about my own. Some of my problems with my children are more than I can handle. I just feel that way about some of the issues that I run through. Some of the physical pains and weaknesses that go through my body are just a little bit more than I can handle. I just feel that way. Don't you? And in moments like that, God goes, thank God I don't give you only what your strength can handle. You'd have to stay home all the time and never leave and never connect with anybody if I could only give you what you could handle. I get bent out of shape when they cancel my show to show a sporting event. Right? God gives you more than you can handle to show that he's all you need when more than you can handle shows up. God is a good God. But today's message is for those of us who find ourselves in a situation where it is more than we can handle. The temptation is greater than we could stand. The pain is more than we could bear. The difficulty is more than we can endure. This message is for those people. So if you're having just a fantastic time and you're on top of the world, you could count how many lights there really are in this room before we leave. Or you could listen in because I suspect that there are going to be moments in your life where pain and suffering are going to walk in unannounced where pain and suffering are, is going to kick down the door. Where pain and suffering is going to walk into your life without an invitation, and it's going to be bad. And if you don't get the lesson that we're talking about now, 
you're going to do the very thing that Satan wants you to do. You're going to run from the only one who could make sense of it all. Which, by the way, is the knee-jerk reaction of most Christians. We run from the only one who could make sense of it all. We go, that's it, God, I can't take it anymore. And then we flee. And God is going, no, you're not going to get the joy. So it's with that mindset I want you to look at verses 5 through 8. I know that in your bulletins you have 5 through 12. It's just, listen, you just don't have that much time. All right? You don't have enough time for me to speak through all of this. It's just too much. You come next week, um, and actually next week I have a, a special message because we're going to be there for the first time. So I have a special, so I want you to you know, bring your friends. That's going to be awesome. Somebody say awesome. awesome. I feel like I'm here all alone. Man, you guys have to... I need somebody to get like a little Pentecostal on me or something like that, right? I've just said some stuff that's really powerful about pain and suffering and how God comes in. Y'all like, what else you got? I'm like, that's as good as I get. Come on, help me out. All right. So uh, five, 5 through 12, uh, I'm not, you just don't have enough time. This is, if I was in India and they let me preach for four hours, then you'd have enough time. You just don't have enough time um, right now. So we're just going to go through 5 through 8. Okay. Um, so I want you to look at the scripture. We're going to jump right in. Now, the word of God reads, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. All right, let's look into this, because this is something else, right? This is, not, this is not like the be blessed, be blessed, be blessed message, right? right? This is just not going to happen that way today, right? This is going to be a rough one, right? So now, it's not going to be a rough one, because the, it's, it's, it's going to be a rough one, because we have to check our hearts. And I've been wrestling, with, if you think you're uncomfortable for the next 45 minutes, I've been wrestling with the scripture this week, and it's, it's, it's a rough one. But we're going to see it, and we're going to see God's word, because God's word, in the end, God's weakness is greater than man's strength. God's, God's bad day, God's foolishness is greater than man's wisdom. And so we're going we're gonna to look at Scripture. And because here's the thing. We believe in this church that we, hold a, we have a high view of God's Word. Anybody say amen to that? Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. We have a high view of God's Word. Now, life, let me tell you when life sucks when you're a Christian. Right? Forgive me for using that last word. Right? But life stinks when you're a Christian, when you live your life like this, where here's God's word, and then here's your life. When you live on top of God's word, you know more than God. When you disagree with God, you know better. When you're smarter than God, you win. When you, this life stinks when you know better than God. Let me tell you the Christian who's overjoyed. Let me tell you the Christian who's overjoyed. The Christian who's overjoyed is the Christian who allows God's word to reign over their life and who allows God to win and and just, you know, oh, but I feel this way. My emotions are this way. It's okay. God's word says I can get through this. God's word says that his power will get me through this. Oh, yeah, but I'm insecure and I'm afraid. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, but I just have, I have uh, uh, relational strife and I, I have unresolved issues with people that I love. It's okay. God's word reigns over your life. doesn't mean that you don't feel anything. It means that when you do feel something, that you put your trust not in your feelings, but in God's word. Make sense? 
So now, we're going to read God's word in such a way as to put God's word above our lives. So we're going to jump into the book of James, and it's going to rock, right? Now, here's the thing. Most, when, I, when, when I hear most preachers preach this particular text, and I didn't listen to I usually listen to a lot of sermons when I prepare because I don't want to reinvent the wheel, right? They're just guys who do this better than me, and so I listen to them, and I take what I can get, and I read commentaries, and I read, you know, and I do the studying and all that other stuff. And this one, I couldn't listen to too many sermons. I only listened really to one. Um, because most guys, what they do is when they start in this text, they start with verse 5, as if verse 5 lives without verses 1 through 4. This is, the, this is the beauty of bringing your Bible, if you do have your Bible. Um, I'm just going to read to you verses uh, 2 through 4 really quickly. It says, remember that this is last week's verse. Uh, so if you got last week's uh, bulletin, you'll have this. Um, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now listen to me. Verse 5 is directly connected with verse 4. So if you read verse 5 out of context, or you read verse 5 without connecting to to verse 4, you just think, oh man, whenever I don't know anything, I'll just ask God and he'll give me some insight on it. Now there are other verses you can go to with that, but that's not what this verse is talking about. This verse is talking about, remember last week, was talking about the suffering that you would have. Consider it all joy when you go through all sorts. And again, we're not talking about the sufferings that you cause yourself, the, the, the pain that you kind of set yourself up for. We said, hey, don't go out with that guy. And you went out with that guy and it ended up just not as good as you wished it would. And then it said, hey, avoid that. You know, it seems like you're developing a habit. Like mom said, hey, aren't you, you know, drinking a little bit more than you should? And you was like, no, it's okay. I can handle it. I'm smarter. I'm better. It's okay. I got this. And then just things went to, I'm not talking about the stuff that you create for yourself. I'm talking about the stuff that happens when no one is looking and it just seems like it's a total shock. I'm talking about being on vacation and getting a phone call at 1130 at night or 1030 at night and finding out there's a fire like that. Like there's a fire that's consuming the place where you want to see many people be transformed for the glory of God. That's a trial. That's a suffering. I'm talking about going to the doctor for uh, 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 just a regular checkup. And I'm going, sit down. Sit down for this one. That's what I'm talking about. When things happen... And that's what verses, and he says, God says, consider joy. Why? Because we serve a sovereign God who's in complete control, who absolutely has authority. Nothing passed through his hands without his notice. Not your unemployment situation, not your marriage situation, not your physical situation, not your relational situation. Nothing, nothing, nothing passes through your life without first going through God's notice. And so God says in that, he goes, listen to me, I want you to consider joy when trials and suffering go into your life, because you know that when you get tested and develop your perseverance and perseverance, it'll finish its work so that you may mature and grow up. And then here's where verse 5 comes in. But, and I almost want to put in between verse 4 and 5, but if you don't know how to do that, here's verses 5 through 8. If you're not sure on how to suffer in joy with Christ. And I'm not talking about being a fake Christian where like your wife left you and people go, how you doing? I'm doing great. That's just fantastic. I can't believe she left. It's wonderful. There's a bright light in this dark tunnel, right? No, 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 listen. 
It's a train. It's a bad, bad moment, right? I'm not talking about being fake about stuff. I'm talking about kid dies and with tears in your eyes, going, God, I just, I don't know how to get joy. The joy that you talk about, it's just not here. And sometimes you can have joy. I'm not talking about giddiness. I'm talking about happiness. I'm not talking about being, you know, feeling elated. I'm talking about the kind of joy that God gives. I've had that. Have you had that? The kind of joy. Um, yesterday, my uh, daughter, and don't tell them this. Uh, it's our secret. Um, so uh, my daughters did this thing um, where they did this praise dance for me. They had two songs, and they did two praise dances for me. It was the coolest thing, right? So here's Serenity. She's almost my height, right? Man, listen, I need all your guys. I need all your help with Serenity, right? If you see any guy talking to Serenity, I want you to physically beat them up, right? So um, you have my permission. Now I'm not taking that back. That's right. I said it. Do it. Help me out. <laughs> Shoot. So you had Serenity, right, who's my height. You had Serenity, who's like, who's almost my height, and she was here. And then Grace was over here, and then Lydia was like the third, you know, like little girl. And it was like a little triangle. And they're doing this thing. And honestly, it wasn't a technically beautiful dance at all, right? They're, they're, they're young, and, and it wasn't all that. It just, it was emotional to me. I had to, I had to. I had to video record it and just kind of put my emotions. Because if I start crying in front of them, you know, it's going to weird them out. And so I was looking at them, and just a joy entered into my soul. A joy that this is, it's like she's 13 years old. What were you doing when you were 13? Right? Right. Yeah, at 13, listen, at 13, at 13, She's leading her sisters to do a praise dance. It moved me deeply. Now, now here's the thing. Here's the thing that I want to get to you. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. I want you to focus. I want you to listen up here. That, that, that was cool. And, and, like, she's not perfect, and she goes through her stuff. And I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to put my kids above your kids or trying to compare. I got the mic, so I get to tell the stories. You tell your stories, right? I never tell bad stories. You never tell bad stories, right? It's like that. I get that. So they have their moments. That's not what I'm trying to say, and they're not perfect. And, and really, don't tell them because it was just a private thing. What I'm trying to bring up, though, is joy is different than happiness. Joy is something that's deep, and it's found its source in God. Well, happiness has to do with circumstance, happenstance. That's what happiness has to deal with. So, right, you know, uh, you go into work and your boss is not there. You're happy. But then the, the, the secretary says that he's coming in late. You're sad. And then he comes in. But, and, and, and then he comes in and he says, I got bonuses for everyone. He goes, you're happy. And then he comes in and he says, oh, but I forgot your department's bonuses. And you're sad again. And then, and then he goes, oh, but my secretary is bringing it over later. And you go, you're happy again, right? And so you see how your happiness and your sadness can kind of go up and down all day long, depending on what happens. But joy, weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. There's a joy that God brings. And he says, he says, be joyful when you go through all sorts of various trials and difficult situations. But if you, in between, first, and here's where I, and you go, Pastor, where do you get that from the Bible? Now here's, okay, I, I, I never want to tell you the Greek study that I do, because number one, I think it's snobbish, and I'm real prideful, and I want you to think of me more than I, I do. So I just want to say that up front. Um, and secondly, the reason I don't tell you is because I think that you'll think that unless you know Greek, you really can't understand what the Bible says. But this is the one time where 
having, you know, my, and, and again, I don't know Greek. Like, I can't speak Greek. I can barely read it. I sound out words and all that other stuff. I just know enough so that I could use the, the, the tools that I have, lexicons and things like that. But here's the thing. This is where it really is beneficial, using the Greek. Did you know that in verse 5, the first word that's there in the Greek, it's not in any English translation because it doesn't translate well. The translators left it out because it doesn't translate well, but it brings a wealth of information. It uses this word, but, however. So you go through verses 2 through 4, and it says, but, and then it goes into this explanation. If you don't have that word, but, there, it just makes it seem like, oh, you don't, you don't have wisdom? Just, no. The lack of wisdom that is talked about in verse 5 is connecting with the lack of anything that's talked about in verse 4, which you don't see there. Because it's, it's obviously not there. It was in last week's talk. Perseverance, verse 4, says, Perseverance must finish its work, not lacking anything. But if you lack wisdom. Did you see that? If you have that word but there, it makes more however. And so here's what it says. Now we're back to our verse today. And I want you to kind of pay attention because this is big. If you lack wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. Now, here's, here's the deal. Who's here? All right, do me a favor. Take notes, all right? Usually, I boil everything down to like one point. And I give you that point in last week, you know, right? So it's like, okay, have joy in your suffering because God is sovereign, right? And so I usually try to boil everything. I couldn't do that this week. So I have three questions that we're going to answer when it comes to our suffering. So if you don't take notes, you're probably going to forget what I'm going to say. But I want you to take notes. I want you to remember. I want you to kind of go over it. So get a pen, pencil, mascara. Get something out. And um, go ahead and uh, start writing some of this down. The first question we're going to answer is what to do. What to do. And listen, the reason I'm telling you to write this down is because you won't remember. When you go through suffering, you're not going to remember what I'm telling you. Just so you know. And so you're going to have to have this in you. It's going to have to be a part of your life. Because suffering is, is, is brutal. Verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom... He should, so, first question we're going to answer is, what does this text want me to do? Or it says, what should I do when I suffer? When I suffer, what should I do? Here it is. Here it is. Do me a favor. Ask for wisdom. What should I do when I suffer? Ask for wisdom. Let's say that together. What should I do when I suffer? Ask for wisdom. God asks you to ask for wisdom. He asks you to come to him. If you don't have like a pencil or pen, we have people walking around who will give you a pencil or something like that. Just go ahead and raise your hand. Okay. So ask, ask for wisdom. Listen to me. Wives, listen up, right? And this is rough, right? Women, listen up here. Come in on me, right? Isn't it true that if your husband doesn't know by now, you're not going to ask him because he should know? Right? Like, isn't it true? Right, I, lost, I know I lost some of the women because some of y'all should have just said, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right. Isn't it true that when uh, you, you think that your husband should know something that perhaps he doesn't know and you just don't even want to ask him or tell him about it because, right, does that happen to anyone here? Right? Sometimes you'll get with it. Man, I know I lost you. Okay, in a minute I'm going to ask you to do jumping jacks just to make sure that you're with me. And so, come on in. This is tougher than it looks. So come, uh, participate uh, in what we're doing here. I'm asking you, is, have you ever been in a situation where you decided, I'm not going to tell this person this same thing again? I am not going to ask, I'm not going to give them, uh, ask them to do it, because I've told them a thousand times, I'm not going to do it again. They should know by now. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, absolutely. 
And so, but God says, God says something very, very powerful. He goes, you go, you go, this is, this is the nightmare because we take that same attitude and we take it to God in prayer. We take it to God in prayer. And, and so I'll, I'll be talking to you or you'll be talking to someone else and I'll say, well, why don't you pray? About, I already prayed about that. I get, I, I get, why don't you pray about it again? I already asked God for that. I understand. But I, 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 why don't you go and pray about that? No, 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 I already did that. No, 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 don't you get it? Ask. God is inviting you into a relationship. God is inviting you into a dialogue. God is inviting you into a process, a process that he wants to transform your heart in. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And God doesn't want you to miss this message. So he goes, bro, sister, ask. What? God, I don't get this. This is painful. Why? I mean, and you could come with some rough stuff. God can handle it. Ask. Ask God. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish verse 5 at the end of the message because it's a little bit more positive than 6 and 7. And 6 and 7 is kind of uh, a downer, so we're going to go jump to verse 6. But it's true, so we honor God and his word. Verse 6, jump to verse 6. It says, But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown, tossed by the wind. Now, I want you to come up here. I don't want you to come up here. I want you to look up here. Um, But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. This is rough. We're having, you know, we're assembled together, so this is called a church, right? Let's be honest with one another. Who here, on occasion, has doubts? Raise your hand. Okay. And the rest of you are liars. Right. And so... Here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is very powerful. This is very powerful. So then what on earth is God saying? God says, listen to me. God says, I want you to ask. I want you to ask. But when you ask, you got to believe and not doubt. Now this is rough. And this is the beauty of, and this is the preciousness of memorizing scripture. I want you to memorize scripture. Um, the reason I want you to memorize scripture, because there was another scripture that popped up in my mind as soon as I read that. It was in Jude. Remember, anybody know what it says? In Jude, it's like the shortest, uh, man, if you want to say, I read a whole book of the Bible today. Read the book of Jude. It's the smallest book in the Bible. It doesn't even finish a page. Like, it's not even a page long. You can do, you can read the book of Jude, okay? You can manage that, right? So do that today. But um, in the book of Jude, it says this, be merciful to those who doubt. And then because I was like, oh, man, in the Greek, it must be a different kind of doubt. It's the exact same word in the Greek. This doubt is the same doubt in the Greek. So I go, God, what are you saying? Over here you say be merciful, and over here you say don't expect nothing. And God says, yep, that's true. And you go, but wait, wait, God, over here you say merciful, over here you say uh, believe and don't doubt, or else you can't get, you know, you, you can't expect anything to come from it. And God goes, yep, mm-hmm, that's true. Help me out. Here's the deal. When you and I come to God with something in our jacket and we have a way out and we go to God with that kind of intention, God goes, go for it. 
You can't expect an answer from me. You, you already got, you're locked and loaded. You know what you're going to do. So here's what that looks like in our lives. And this is very powerful. So let's say I'm a 47-year-old woman, and I go, God, bring me a husband. Bring me a husband. I want you to bring me a husband because I, I want fellowship. I want companionship. I also want to honor you. I want to learn about uh, the beautiful church relationship between Christ and his bride. And, you're, you know, you talk about that flowery, that flowery language, and you tell God, and this is all the thing. But in the back of your mind, if God doesn't make that guy show up in a year, you're going to attract who you want. The only way you know how. And so you go, oh, but of course I had to sleep with him. How am I going to get him to stay with me if I don't sleep with him? Oh, I get it, I get it, I get it. So you went to God, not believing, but doubting. You had something in your jacket. So you go, God, please. So, right, I don't want to pick on the ladies, right? Guys do that too, so, but I'm just saying. Um, so you go, God, please get me a job. I need a job. But in the back of your mind, you know that there's two or three opportunities to bend the law. You wouldn't say break the law. Break the law would be too strong a term for you. You would say bend the law. You know, you need a raise from your job, and if they don't give it to you, what you'll do is you'll just, you know, make receipts, inflate them up a little bit, and do, you know, whatever you do. Or however, you know, you'll, you'll take some merchandise and you'll sell it somewhere else. Or if you work in a store that, that has particular types of merchandise, you go, well, I, I can't afford it, so I'll just steal it from here. Or whatever you do, you know, you'll manipulate something. And you go to God, God, give me a raise, I need a raise. And then, but but, but you, you're, you're not believing, you're doubting. And so you have, see, let me tell you something. You are not going to get very far with that. You couldn't get very far with that with one another. Imagine telling that to your wife or your spouse. Hey, um, you know, bring home, you know, hun, you know, husband, you know, bring home financially. But if you don't, there's three or four guys who will, so, you know, imagine that. Honey, I want you to, you know, I want us to be frequently intimate together. But if you don't, I got, you know, I got my porno and I got my girls on the side. I can do that. Don't expect, could you imagine going to your spouse like that? Could you imagine doing that with your kids? Could you, listen, God says you can't put one foot on two sets of boats and expect to get anywhere but wet. You just tossed around. Because you're going, God, bring me that dude. God, bring me that girl. God, get me the raise. God, help, my, you know, help me physically. But, you know, like even something as simple as, God, you know, heal me. You know, I got, I got the virus. I got, you know, my kidneys are failed. Whatever, whatever you got, right? Like I got cancer. I got whatever. Whatever you got. And you go, God, heal me. But if they don't, you'll go to the, you know, you'll go to brujeria. You'll go to santeria. You'll go to all sorts of demonic stuff to get you what you want. Because you know what you're doing? You're doing what James is asking you not to do. Now, here's the deal. God says in Jude, be merciful with those people. Those people who have their foot on two different boats. Those people who say, God, give me a razor while I steal this. Those people who go, God, get me a, a spouse while I go pick up somebody on the club and do it. You know, and I'm not saying, you know, and, and quite frankly, don't pick anybody up at the club. I'm not, you know, that's probably not the wisest way to choose your spouse. But what I'm saying is, is that if you come to God doubting, that is, having something 
in your sleeve, you're going to discover that God goes, I'll wait. Go ahead. You got better ideas? You, you got a better plan? You got a better plan B than your plan A? You, got, you, you, you smarter than me? Do you. That man should not expect a thing. You know what that man's like. And then James goes on to describe him. Listen to what he says. He says, that man, verse 7, oh, wait, let's finish verse 6. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Why? Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. I live right next to the ocean, and I see this all the time. In fact, I one time try to surf. I, when, I, when I think of this, I think of uh, my surfing experience. I went um, surfing, right? And uh, I started to, man, it takes a lot of energy, man. And so, you know, I was surfing, and then I was coming up on a wave, and the wave came up, and the, the, the surfboard just smacked me in the mouth. I was like, bow, don't do that again. <laughs> and I was like, I learned a good lesson. I was like, okay, when the wave comes, hold the darn board. And so I kept on paddling up. And then there came a point, and I, I, I was with one of the most encouraging guys on the planet. His name is Dave Miles. So he's like a mentor to me. He's like, I love him a lot. He's, he's a real smart dude in ministry. Very, very cool guy, pastor. And, um, and he'd been surfing for years, and he, it was his surfboard. He took us out. It was a lot of fun. He told me what to do, and, you know, and I was trying to obey him and all that other stuff. And he's like Mr. Encouragement. He goes, don't worry. So, like, one wave hit me, and I was just kind of bowled over. You ever get hit by one of those waves, and you get, like, flipped over? And I'm like, okay, I'm okay. And then I get hit by another wave. And he's like, go ahead, Edwin, just get on the board. You can do it. After doing that for, like, three minutes, which is a very long time for getting hit by waves, he goes... Edwin, maybe you should go back in. <laughs> you know why? Because I was getting tossed to and fro by the waves. It was terrible. I had a horrible experience. I was like, it's so cool. And, it like, you know, and I was just drowning out there. The only thing that saved me was this stupid board. And that was just went to three feet you know, of water. I was going like deep. And I just couldn't get on this thing. And so now here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Some of you just got an illustration of what the last five years have been like in your walk with Christ. You've just, you just been tossed to and fro. And I know you blame God and you blame that pastor and you blame that deacon and you blame, you blame, you blame the, the, the interpretation that you got, you blame mom and you blame everybody else, but you're just, you're just like a wind-tossed wave. It's a rough one. You, you get... Because he who doubts, that is, he who, listen to me, God, if we're homeless, or if we live in a mansion, it will be your will, because I'm going to do everything that I can within your wisdom and your leading and your guiding, but I'm not going to go outside of your will. God, if I get married, or I don't get married, this will be your will. And if I'm single for the rest of my years, you need to give me a lot of ministry because I'm going to have a lot of energy on my hands. If I get the promotion and the finances, or if I don't get God, your will be done. See, those people are rock solid. Those people go through life, and you go up to them, and you go, dang, man, you had to downsize, and you lost this, and she left, and all that other stuff. And you look at that person, and, and they go, and you go, how you doing? And they go, you know, like we hear yesterday, remember last week's phone call with Edward? He was in the hospital. He had just had an operation. 
His issue is terminal. Nothing's gonna, nothing short of an absolute bona fide miracle of God is going to turn around that he's going to die from the stage four cancer. In a very, he will not walk his daughters down the aisle. It just won't. Unless God. And yet, we hear a guy like that from these speakers. We, we have that conversation. We go, what? but don't you understand? You're not going to be able to see your girls married. And he goes, yep, I know. Right? I don't know about you, but when I meet people like that, I try to tell them things that they don't know yet. Because I want them to be as faithless as I am. And I go, but, 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 but what about your wife? How is she going to take care of? God's going to take care of her. But what about your kids? They're, they're, such, a, they're such a, a precious and, and, and precarious time. They really need their dad. God will be their father. That's what he promises in his word. When we meet people like that, we don't know what to do with them. But those are the people who are rock solid. Those are the people who go to God and believe, God, check this out. I'm trusting you. This is not an issue of trust. Now, you want to know my opinion? I'd like to get healed. I'd like to walk my grandkids down the aisle. Um, that's what I'd like to do. But if not, I just want you to know, no brujeria, no santeria, no back to my old statues, no back to this old nonsense, no, no trying to manipulate situations. So God, I'll make a deal with you. If you, then I'll. None of that stuff. God, whatever you will. And if, and if you give me long years here on earth, I, I'd appreciate that just for the sake of my family. And if, and if not, I'm in heaven. I can trust that you'll take care. You'll be a better father to these kids. But the person who's not like that is always cursing, blaming, arguing with God about why God doesn't get down with their agenda. And God's like, no. I'll wait till you run out of ideas. I'll wait till I'm all that you need. Oh, you still got another agenda? You still got to go? Other, okay, great. Do you. Do you. Now, conversely, by the way, that guy should expect nothing. Are we clear on that? That that person who's a, Now, here's the thing. If you're like me, you're in that... I, I don't know, man. I just come with God with all sorts of stuff. God, hook it up. And even good things like, God... You know, help us plant more churches. But if you don't, I got some ideas. God, help us reach more people. But if you don't, I got a, a thing or two. No, God, this is your work. I'm trusting you. You're sovereign. You can do it. So if you're like me, you get to go to God and you go, and then you get, you can get, now here's, here's how those two verses connect and how they're, you know, remember the one that I said in Jude, be merciful to those who doubt. Know that God's heart is mercy for those people. That for people like me, for people like you, who sometimes are wind-whipped waves, are like wind-whipped waves who, who ask God with doubt and don't believe, people like us, God has mercy on. So much so that he tells the rest of us to have mercy on them as well. So that when we see the person, God doesn't see us and go, oh, okay, go ahead, do the best you can, ha ha, didn't work out, right? That's not God's deal. God rather goes, Daughter, listen to me. This one's going to hurt. Don't go down that road. Oh, I'm going to go down that road. Okay, listen, 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 listen. It's going to hurt. It's not going to be good. You're going to be wounded on this one. Oh, sweetie, sweetie, listen to me. It's not working out. It's not too late to come back. It's not too late to turn around. God does it with a broken heart. But so you know, you're like a wind-whipped wave. 
so you know what you can expect is being tossed around like a person who doesn't know how to surf by waves who are coming incessantly. So you know. But know that God loves and has mercy on and instructs others to have mercy with the people who doubt. Be merciful to those who doubt. But if you ask like that, not believing but doubting, you're like a wind with waves. And you can only expect to be tossed. You can only expect to believe and not believe. You can only expect to be down and not down. You can only expect to be devoted and not devoted. Your devotional life can only expect to have seasons of devotion and not seasons of devotion. Your reading your Bible can only expect to have times where you read your Bible and then when you don't. You can only expect to be like a wind-whipped wave, like those people, like those people who binge and purge, binge and purge, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, right? You ever seen those people where it's like, you know, oh, you're a wind-whipped wave. You're going back and forth, to and fro. Verse 7. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. Listen to me. Yes. That man, if you have one boat, one foot in one boat saying, I love Jesus, I'll do whatever you say. And then another one, if you don't, if you don't do what I say, I'm got, I got some better ideas. When those two boats start going, you're done. Don't expect anything. Now, now watch this. While that man shouldn't expect, expect the, I've discovered that God really does love fools and orphans, right? right? And so I've been, right, has that not been your story, right? You've been totally faithless, and you've been totally faithless. God is just saying, don't expect it, right? It's like, okay, so here's the thing. There's like 50 of you in here who fall in this category, and you've all had personal conversations with me, so you're all going to think I'm telling your story. I just want to tell you right up front, because we're self-centered like that, right? But I want you to know there's 49 others of you around here. So here it is, right? I get the phone call, right? And the phone call is like this. Or or not the phone call, but the, uh, the deal is like this. So they come up to me, and they go, have you met him? I go, yeah, I met him. He's wonderful. Have you met her? Yeah, I met her. She's wonderful. He goes, yeah, I'm going to get married. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, 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 no. I said I met him. I didn't say I liked him. Um, and so, and so, yeah, come in. And so, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Now, come on, come on in. Come on in. I know, I know. I lost half of you. I know, I know. Just, but just check this out, right? So, so and, then, and then it comes in like this. Then he goes, no, but you're not compatible. You, you love Jesus, he doesn't love Jesus. Or you love Jesus, and she doesn't love Jesus. You know, there's, there's like an incompatibility there, right? An incompatibility. And so what happens is I go, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Tell him if he wants to, he could go to this church, and we always send him to like Brooklyn Tabernacle or Our How or somewhere else where they could go. Because you don't want, because then he just comes for you and all that. You, you know how we do, right? So, so um, right, because, uh, all right, so, um, so what happens is, here's what happens. This is the pushback I get. I get, don't do that. No, I'm going to do that. And I go, but why are you going to disobey God? Don't you be, and I, I always have the same thing. I go, do you believe the Bible? Yes, I believe the Bible. Do you believe that the Bible says, and I got a verse for you, Hebrews 13. He goes, don't you believe that the Bible says to obey your leaders? Yes, I should obey my leaders. And, and do I qualify as your elder and your leader and your pastor? Yes, you're my pastor. Yes, you're my elder. Yes, you're my leader. Okay, great. Then I'm telling you, No. I'm telling you, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. But why are you going to disagree? 
don't you know it's going to go badly? And I take like four hours. Anybody who's ever been in this conversation never takes less than four hours. It takes me forever. Like we could eat burgers. You could come back, go back to the library, read a book, come back. I'm still talking on this thing because I'm so passionate about it, right? And I go, it's going to end well. And here's their pushback. But you tell the story about you getting with your wife and everything worked out beautifully. And you weren't obedient to God and she wasn't obedient to God. And I go, number one, I didn't know Jesus. I didn't have a pastor who could direct me like this. So, I didn't, you know, strike one. Number two, my wife didn't know Jesus. She didn't have a pastor who could tell her. Hey, listen, if we, were, we would have benefited a great deal from going to pastoral counseling. <laughs> and so, listen to me, listen to me. That's not your story. You're tempting God. You're trying God, which, by the way, it says in a couple of verses, it's going to say, don't test God. No, but God did it in your life. He could do it. No, no, no. Don't you do it. Of course God can do it. God can make the sun stop. God could uh, uh, part seas. God could raise dead from the life. But don't expect, just because God can raise people from the dead shouldn't mean that you put a gun to your head, right? Like, okay, let's all agree that God can raise people from the dead. If God can raise people from the dead, all in favor say aye. Don't kill yourself today. It's a bad theology. It's a bad theology. Here's the deal. The Bible is saying, don't expect. Don't think that you're going to get... And it happens all the time. Oh, but God can do it. And then, I know, I know God can, but I'm telling you, don't expect it. Don't, don't, don't hold on to that. Don't wait on that. Like, you go on this road, it's just pain and suffering, pain and suffering, pain and suffering. Just deal with that. Just agree with God that that's what you're signing up. No, no, but I love him. No, 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 but I love her. Listen to me. Pain and suffering. Grief and trials. I won't ask any of y'all to raise your hand, but there's a... Right? Like, do I even have to go... Right? Do I even have to push this any further? We could get out a little bit early, right? And so I'll just keep it like that, right? That man should not think. That man should not think. He will receive anything from the Lord. If it does happen, boy, we do a tap dance and all that stuff, but that's not, the, that's not the way you should live. Don't think that way. He is a double-minded man. That means you're going in two different directions. Unstable in all he does. Okay, that's pretty clear, right? You're going in two different directions. If, right, if you were, right, anybody, you ever put your, anybody ever go on a boat, right, or like a little dinghy, and then you have one foot on the, um, on the pier, and then you go on the boat, and then you, you're not convinced of which way you should go? I, I love doing this with kids because they, they're indecisive, and you get to see them fall in the water. It's very funny. And so, um, and so right, they, the, the kid puts their foot in the boat, and they're like, oh, and they don't know if they should go back on the thing, or they don't know if they should go back on the boat, and, and the thing starts moving. Huh. The double-minded man is like that. You got, you got one place stationary, another place moving somewhere else. You're just not going to do well. You're not going to do well. You're unstable in all your ways. That doesn't just affect this one relationship, this one situation, this one issue. It affects everything. Now, I want you to go back up to verse 5 because that's where we're going to end today. Remember if it said, if any, now, is, is that clear, right? So how do we go through suffering? Number one, the way, if you don't know, one of the things that you should do is just lay yourself, lay your life, lay your situation, lay your suffering, lay your difficulty, lay your pain out before the Lord. 
Just lay it out before him and say, God, if this goes the way I want it to, I'm trusting you, I'm following you, I'm obeying you. If this does not go the way I want, I'm trusting you, I'm following you, I'm obeying you. You are sovereign, you are good. Jesus is my Lord. And I know on Friday it looked terrible for Jesus. It looked like he was being crucified and that all was lost. But there was a Sunday that came up and there was a resurrection that took place. And I'm going to trust you. Jesus, you went through this greater than I did. So I'm going to trust you in my own soul to even... Even though I'm on the crucifixion of my life, even though I'm suffering with drops of blood, I'm going to trust you because you are my Savior and you live in me and you already went through this once in you. Now do it in me. That's, that's, that's what we're talking about. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all. Look at me. God wants to let you know. God doesn't want to keep you in the dark. God doesn't want you to, listen to me, when I've gone through major suffering, sometimes I've gotten an answer from God I didn't like, but he told me. He let me know. Sometimes he didn't tell me as soon as I'd like, but now, especially a lot of stuff is retrospective. You look back and you go, oh man, I see it now. There's something inside of us that we need to just adopt this into our souls. Let me tell you why. Anybody here ever pledge allegiance to God and then disobey and run the other way? Anybody? Right? Another bunch of liars, right, for you not raising your hands. Right? Um, Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. That man should not think he... I'm sorry. Verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. That part right there, without finding fault... Anybody hear Spanish? Who's here Spanish? Right? Okay. Anybody ever heard sacándolo en cara? I don't even know how to say this in English. Um, uh, uh, taking it out in your face, throwing it in your face. What was that? Yeah, like, like okay. So here's the... Pre- I don't even have an English... I'll explain to you sacándolo en cara. Um, so, all right. So what happens is, is um, you do a favor for a person, Right? So say, for instance, Segundo, my friend, is freezing, right? Come here, Segundo. Right? Segundo, my friend, is freezing. We're on a really cold day now, right? right? So um, Segundo's freezing, so yeah, I'm going to put a coat on him because he's cold. Now watch this. Now I just, I just warmed him up and as a gift to him, and it was given to him, and it was wonderful. Now watch this. Now three weeks later, I'll take the coat back. Three weeks later, I go... Segundo, can you give me a ride to um, the Bronx? The Bronx, right. The scare, yeah, and I need a ride because I'm scared to go by myself. So, um, uh, no, no, Segundo's from the Bronx. He's my oh, friend. I love it. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, that's why I said it. Yeah. Um, uh, so I go, Segundo, uh, can you t- take me? And you go, no, I'm afraid I can't. I got to pick up my girls. And I go, but man, when you were cold, I gave you my jacket. You know what that's called? Sacando Ancara. All right, so everybody say that together. Sacándolo en cara. Excellent. You're all learning Spanish. You didn't think you were going to get anything at church, right? Thank you, Segundo. Okay. Now watch this. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. God is unbelievably merciful to us. God is unbelievably loving to us. And yet we walk out on him. And we run from him. I'm telling you my story. If you, can, if you feel like you can connect with that, I'm just, I'm just telling you. God has been good to me. I've been disobedient and just, I have no righteousness in and of myself. 
And God never sacalo en cara. God never, never throws it in my face. But you know what? After I've sinned, after I've gone the wrong direction, after I've pursued a God-given gift in a God-forbidden way, after I've done that, when I want to turn back to God, I go, I can't turn back to God. Look at this. Look at all I've done. Look at the destruction. I feel such shame and guilt. This suffering is coming on because of my own, my own foolishness. God goes, no, no te lo voy a sacar en cara. I'm not going to throw it in your face. Ask me. Ask me. I'll answer. Ask me. I'll speak to you. Oh, but, but I should. And so when you hear those words that come in from Satan, the accuser, you know what Satan means? Satan means accuser. That doesn't come from God. It comes from him. He goes, oh, now you're going to ask God. Now you're going to, now you're going to do what God wants you to do. Now, after he was such a blessing to you, now, after he, he took the desire from you, and then you ran back to the filth like a dog to his own vomit, now, now you're going to go back to God. He goes, that's not even in God's vocabulary. God goes, get away from me, Satan. You don't know. No te lo voy a sacar en cara. I won't throw it in your face. I won't. Yes, I've been merciful to you. I wish you would have gone my way, but I won't throw it in your face. How, how can I help you? Oh, ask. God won't find fault in you. You've got fault, but God won't find it. You, you understand that difference? You've got fault. There's a mess. God doesn't look for it. There's, there's disobedience and hurt. God's not searching for that. Here's what God is doing. He won't find fault with you. For the person, listen to me. Now, I'm talking to the believer in Christ. If you don't know Jesus, God finds fault with you because you're holding on to your own sin. And either you're going to pay for it or Jesus is going to pay for it. And I'm just, I just, I just want to shoot this as straight as I can. Somebody's got to pay for your sin. I suggest it be Jesus. But if you, not Jesus, then you've got to pay for it. But if you've surrendered your heart to Christ, there's hope for you, beloved. There's hope even for me. No te lo voy a sacar en cara. God, you can ask God and you could be assured that he won't throw it in your face. Oh, I got to do this again. I got to get you out of this mess again. Five times you've asked me to get you out of this mess and five times I got you out. I guess I'm going to have to get you out, bail you out again. That's not from God. That is not from God. God says, that sin hurt you deeply. I don't want you to go back to that sin. Come here. I'm going to show you a better. Let me show you a more excellent way. When you suffer, and you don't know how you suffer, how to get through the suffering, I want you to ask God. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to believe your beliefs, and I want you to doubt your doubts. Will you do that for me? Right? Let's say that together. We're going to believe our beliefs and we're going to doubt our doubts. Because God is good. And he's sovereign. So you and I will suffer. I promise. I promise. So here's the three questions that we can answer in rapid fire form. What do I want you to do? Or what should I do when I suffer? Ask. Yeah. How should I think? I want you to believe your beliefs and doubt your doubts. 
That's how I want you to think. And how do I want you to feel? Assured that God will love and respond. And that's, that's what God's word wants to teach us today. Let's pray. Father, I am so great. I'm so grateful que tú no lo saca en cara. I'm so grateful that for all the times, every time, Lord, even when I've caused my own suffering and I've sinned against you and I've, and I've run from you and I've disobeyed you, you've shown nothing but mercy and kindness. You've been better to me than I've been to myself. And so I ask, Lord, for my brothers and my sisters. Lord, I ask that you would help us, that as we go through, and some of us don't know how to get through the suffering that we're going through right now. I ask, oh God, that you would, by your Spirit, lead us in such a way as to draw us to yourself. That we would go to you, believing our beliefs and doubting our doubts, asking you for everything we need, being assured, feeling assured that you, in fact, answer our prayers and won't throw it in our face. Lord, I pray that during our suffering, in our marriages, with our finances, with our health, with our kids, with our parents, Lord, that you would give us wisdom on how to apply this message this week, today. Give us wisdom. And we might do it for your glory's sake. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.